I'll be back. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And welcome to Sequelary. Oh, that snuck up on us. Yeah, it sure did. We decided to officially make this our February tradition because it's the second month in the year. So we are going to be reviewing sequels for the rest of the month. Now, last year, we did sequels to movies that we had reviewed here on the podcast. And we decided to up the ante and review sequels to movies we have not reviewed on the podcast just gotta dare to jump in halfway through the story (laughs) yep yeah and we tried to do uh some movies that are standalone which is why we are reviewing the 1991 sci-fi action-packed movie terminator 2 colon judgment day I watched T two Train Spotting by accident, so <laughs> oh no, a, we're gonna have some mixed wires. Both surprisingly uh, have people uh, tearing their arms off, yeah, and the same theme music. Train Spotting. So on the off chance you don't know what Terminator 2 is about, uh, Terminator 2 is the sequel to the Terminator series, famously uh, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Linda Hamilton. The sequel was uh, co-written, produced, and directed by James Cameron, uh, which was a surprise for me. Um, And it follows up 10 years after the first movie which to give you a brief synopsis of the first movie um a seemingly indestructible humanoid cyborg is sent from the year 2029 uh to 1984 to assassinate a waitress whose unborn son will lead humanity in a war against the machines while a soldier from the war is sent to protect her at all costs so that's the synopsis for the first terminator movie uh in the sequel It takes place over 10 years after the first cyborg called the Terminator tried to kill Sarah Connor and her unborn son, John Connor. So John Connor is now a hip, young millennial who is not in contact with his mom because her mom is in a psych ward because she says that a Terminator robot came from the future to try to kill her. And they said, well, you are obviously crazy. Uh, So another Terminator is sent back. Through time, and this one is called the T one thousand, which is more advanced and more powerful than the Arnold Schwarzenegger robot, the T eight hundred. So the mission is to kill John Connor while he is still a child. However, Sarah and John don't have to face this threat of the Terminator alone. Another Terminator is also sent back through time, and that their mission is to protect John and Sarah Connor at all costs. And the battle for tomorrow has begun i don't think it could be any more straightforward uh the production for terminator 2 required a budget of approximately 100 million dollars uh making it the most expensive film made at that point so as of 1991 terminator 2 was like the most expensive uh movie made wow 
and much of the film's massive budget went on filming and the special effects. The film was released on July 3rd, 1991 and made $523 million. See, that's the thing. James Cameron spends a lot of money to make movies, but he also (laughs) makes a lot of money. Yep, you gotta spend money to make money. James Cameron School of Filmmaking. (laughs) Class dismissed. (laughs) I'm going to the ocean. Yep. Uh, The movie has since become a cult classic and was uh, followed up by several sequels. Uh, There was Terminator 3, uh, Terminator Salvation, and Terminator Sega Genesis, and... (laughs) There was even a Terminator ride at Universal Studios. It was called T23D Battle Across Time, and it cost $60 million to produce uh, and ran 12 minutes long. Uh, And it started in 1996. I think it ended in the States uh, in the early 2000s, and it's still available in Universal Studios Japan. So if you're ever in Japan... Check it out. See, that's the thing, is they spend a lot of money to make these rides, but when they do, they exist forever in Japan and last for 12 minutes. (laughs) Second day of James Cameron School of Amusement Park Creation. Yep, it's a very short book, but very, very impactful. (laughs) And as far as distribution goes, the movie was released to VHS on November 1991, and the special edition cut of the film was released on Laserdisc and VHS, containing 15 minutes of previously unseen footage, including scenes of Michael Bine uh, reprising his role as Kyle Reese in a dream sequence. Whoa. And here's one of my favorite things. Uh, James Cameron sure does love making two VHSs of the thing. <laughs> there was a two-cassette VHS cut of the movie that had extra features on like two different uh, VHS tapes because VHS tapes can only hold so much material. So they made two of them into like a little box set and, um, and it featured deleted scenes, but still there were, con- there was content that wasn't available on the VHS until it was released on a uh, DVD, which had a ton more stuff. And there was an Extreme Edition DVD that had several DVD-ROM features, including an infiltration unit simulator and a T2FX studio application where you could upload images of a person and can be transformed into a T800 or a T1000. I mean, that's just a necessity for any filmmaking experience that you need to be able to see yourself as the character not just you know allegorically but on your computer yeah with a cd-rom day three class dismissed (laughs) all right kids here's your diploma you've graduated the james cameron school of if it ain't broke don't fix it And so that is some of the history of T2. Uh, Before we get into our reactions, let me give you guys a couple of fun facts. Uh, So despite the large amount of time spent on CGI, which was a lot, about 5 million, or I want to say 10 million of the budget went to just the CGI of creating the T-1000 and all of his Alex Mack 
Capri Sun commercial effects. Mm-hmm. And they they did such a great job that even today, uh, you can't really improve that much on it. Uh, when they did T- Terminator Genesis that had a similar T-1000, it almost looks exactly the same. But despite the large amount of time spent on the CGI, uh, CGI only takes a total of five minutes of screen time. Really? Everything else was practical effects, which we will get into very soon. And uh, production took so long. How long did it take? It took so long that Edward Furlong, who played John Connor, visibly aged during production. In the scene in the desert, he is significantly younger uh, than any of the other scenes. And his voice began to break and had to be pitched to one level uh, in post-production. That's crazy. I never knew that. Yeah, and this movie gets just a ton of love for like all the uh, special effects, or I should say the visual effects, because uh, fun raises nerd glasses. Um, little caveat about movies is VFX, visual effects, are typically the kind of effects that are done in post-production. So all the T-1000 stuff, those are all visual effects. Special effects... Uh, is what you do in camera. So all the like explosions or all the robotics where like you have Arnold Schwarzenegger having like part of his arm, like he has like a robot arm prosthetic. Like when he ripped off his arm, goodness, just blew my mind. I com- I just completely forgot about that. And it's just like that's that's all done in camera. Like the practical effects team deserved every award yeah it's not like you're trying to remove a mustache (laughs) right i love that trailer so much by the way (laughs) so good right and if you're listening to this in the distant future the deadpool 2 trailer just came out and i'm very excited about it couldn't be more excited couldn't be more excited just need to call it out (laughs) robot arms for everybody robot arms for everyone Time traveling robot arms. Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. We were accidentally relevant. With glowing eyes. Oh my oh. gosh. <laughs> totally planned. Tentpole programming. Tentpole. That, that's right. We planned this review with the Deadpool trailer. Yeah, we, we've really scraped the bottom of the barrel when our tentpole programming is in line with trailers uh-huh. that are dropping. That's how you know. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, the the in camera effects. I I had written that down in my notes during the semi chase. Where like they smashed up those cars. Uh, like that is that is the real deal. And I was like, it's amazing how much practical effects there are. And then I, like the T one thousand came in. I was like, oh, and also visual effects. Also, yep. <laughs> yes, that's right. All right, now we're gonna go ahead and go into our reactions of Terminator Two. So Grayson, uh, when was your first time that you actually watched terminator 2 so when i was in college i watched all of the terminators back to back um you mean i was about to just name them in order which is not going to help anybody uh, terminator terminator 2 uh three uh, four and uh at that time i am assuming that was it yep that was it at the time um yeah, I watched them back to back to all be back, and we uh, 
not not we. It was just me. The royal we. <laughs> right. We being myself. Yeah, I watched them all back to back, and I it was one of those things that Terminator obviously is a huge franchise had always just been around. Uh, so I was in college. I was like, I just want to know about this. And also, I had heard that time travel was involved, which someone really buried the lead on that and made it seem like it was just like a robot action movie, which didn't appeal to me as much. But when I found out the actual premise of the movie, I was like, I got to watch all these very quickly. So yeah, I just binge watched all these movies. It's been a while since I have gone back and rewatched them, though, but I have seen every Terminator movie as it comes out. Um, and so watching Salvation, uh, I Terminator Salvation, I was like, oh, okay, this seems like it's probably the last one. And then they came out with Genesis and was like, oh, so they can make these forever. <laughs> um, and that was interesting. Like the only piece of the Terminator franchise other than Universal Japan's ride that I have not experienced is the Sarah Connor Chronicles, which uh, I often use as a vocal warm up. The Sarah Connor Chronicles. The Sarah Connor <laughs> Chronicles. That's right. I completely forgot about that show. Yeah, I believe it was a Fox show. Um, so it was canceled with Summer Glau. <laughs> So it made it about half an episode. No, it, it had a it had a lifespan. Um, but uh, I don't know much about that particular show. Um, but the the movies really seem to be where the story has always lived. Um, and they they do an excellent job at just kind of retconning a lot of it in a way that makes sense. I mean, when you have time travel as a plot device, you can really do a lot. And they've they've kind of maximized. Uh, how they use that so uh, I know they're making another one I'm interested in what that's going to be and I will be seeing it in theaters but uh, I believe that the entire Terminator franchise really hinged on T2 that it, it could have this could have been the last one or it could have been fully realized like it was because it was a while it feels like it was a while until they actually made uh, Rise of the Machines uh, as the third one um, but it's just a testament to the faith that they had in the story and where they could take it. I mean, like you said, it's a 10-year jump between the first one and the second one. Like A ton of stuff happened in between there. And then it's, uh, I believe, almost the same amount of time till they get to the the third one because John Connor is uh, like a teenager, like young adult uh, when that happens. I want to say he was... Ethan Embry? Am I misremembering that? I was misremembering. It wasn't Ethan Embry. It's Nick Stahl. Oh my gosh, he looks just like Ethan Embry. <laughs> so I first watched T2 last year when my wife was like, hey, you want to watch T2? And I said, well, I haven't seen any of the Terminator movies except for Salvation. Salvation was the first Terminator movie I had seen. And I was kind of aware of Terminator, so I said, well, I'd love to go back and watch it. So we watched the first Terminator movie, which was not what I thought it was. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I didn't, I don't think I knew what this franchise was about. And then I watched T2 for the first time, and I was like, oh, this is amazing. This was incredible. And like, in, in rewatching it for this episode, I realized something that Terminator 2 was like, the matrix of 1991 
like the vis- the visual effects, the story, it was just so good and so parodied throughout the decade. Like I'll be back was just used to ad nauseum. Everyone did an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression largely due to Terminator 2. Um yeah. And I didn't realize that Terminator 2 as a kid was rated R because it was playing like I the only scene I had ever seen as a kid was just the the chase scene with oh, the semi and the yeah. uh, bike I that had always shown up like sometime I remember it played at my daycare <laughs> which I feel like it shouldn't have been playing at daycare Man, like that you this had a movie... real lax daycare <laughs> like this movie was like targeted to to kids like there were action figures for this very R-rated movie. So when I watched it for the first time, I knew that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was like a good guy in this movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't realize that was supposed to be a surprise. Yeah, that was supposed that, to be a plot twist. Because like, you can see, I, and I noticed it more this time, because they said, hey, two robots were sent back in time, one to save John Connors and one to kill him. So the way that they play it, it's like this whole like very tension, like cat and mouse. They're like, oh no, the Terminator, he's going to come and try to kill him. Then he says, get down. And it's like, oh wait, he's a good, what? Yeah, they really intentionally try to throw you off. uh, Because even when the T-1000's getting out of the squad car, they kind of hover on the protect and serve logo. And just the fact that they have him set up as a cop where you're like, oh, he's going to be the one protecting. No. He is not. He is yeah. a puddle of goo. Absolutely. And so I so I look back at the original trailer, and the original trailer did not care for you to have that surprise in the theater. They just straight up said, now, he's a good guy. It's like, oh, trailer, no. Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. Trailer, Come see no. M. Night Shyamalan's <laughs> Sixth Sense. But yeah, to realize that that was supposed to be like a concealed secret within the narrative, but also to see how well of a story that they told with uh, time travel and all the implications of, you know, sending time traveling robots back in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just so interesting. And in and, and another reason why we you know chose this movie is because uh, the... Uh, Though a lot of people would say that this movie is better than the original, I also think you can just get a just one off story. Like you can watch T two and not be confused by anything. Like they give you all the information that you need, um, and that's really impressive, especially with the sequel uh, for a movie that came out like almost ten years prior. It's almost like the Phantom Menace on Earth. <laughs> Where a great warrior from beyond comes and tells a child that he will end the war between the two sides. And a mother who's got no choice but to keep them all together. It's Judgment Day. (laughs) I really appreciated a lot more about the movie this time. Because I think you're right. You can jump into it. uh, Very similar to like the Mad Max series. Where you can just jump into Road Warrior without having seen the like original Mad Max, and they kind of catch you up really quickly through 
voiceover and I think because of that, it, it is standalone. Like we said, we're trying to do some of these standalone sequels um, that then launched all of these other franchises in some cases. It's just a well-constructed story anyway. And yeah, some people said that this movie really defined uh, or redefined sequels. And I, I think that's true, um, that you don't have to rely so heavily on the first one, but you can make reference to the movies that came before. Um, because if your story can't stand independent of another movie, then it's probably not a very well-constructed movie in the first place. Mm. But there are so many setups and payoffs within this movie that it feels, uh, that's what makes it feel like a standalone film. Absolutely. A- and if nothing else, they follow the law of Chekhov's machine gun, which says... <laughs> Uh, if you introduce a machine gun in the first act, then you better fire it in the next. And yep. they do. Yep. Several acts. There's not a single gun that is shown that is not shot at least three or more times. No, but when they're going through that arsenal and he pulls it back and you see the machine gun, it's like, yeah, that's going to be the big one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. So uh, speaking of... I, I did want to give like big ups to uh, Stan Winston, uh, who was mm. in charge of all the special makeup and effects. Uh, he he is most known for his work on the Terminator series, uh, but also with uh, Jurassic Park, Aliens, Predator, Inspector Gadget, Iron Man, Edward Scissorhands. Uh, he has just done so much great work to bring so many practical effects to life. Like still. Arnold Schwarzenegger ripping off his arm to show like the T eight hundred endoskeleton, like mm-hmm. still to this day, it just wrinkles my brain of like how real it looks. It's and crazy. also, like this is something that I think is somewhat of like a lost art, just because of how um, you know how good CGI is nowadays. Because it's just cheaper to show. Uh, a plane blowing up after it hits a truck then to buy two planes because <laughs> i looked back at it they destroyed two choppers in that chase scene like right before they make it to like the steel mill they crash they crash that plane and say all right we have that one angle let's move the camera around and crash another plane <laughs> just like how do you how do you do that? They, they just destroyed so many things. And that's something I think you there's a little bit of tension that you miss um, by having a lot of things being CGI. Just because I think our brains kind of get uh, used to the idea of like, oh, well, that's just like a, a, a thing. That's just like an effect instead of like really feeling like, oh, no, like they are being chased by that real helicopter that's right behind them. There's also a difference between what a crash like that actually looks like and what someone imagines it to look like. And that's always been the problem with CGI is that you can only make what you think it will look like. They can use references. They can use all that. But the actual thing, it's actually so complex of a reaction that's happening it's very difficult to authentically replicate it and you may not be able to pinpoint what feels off about it but it's what gives it that almost plastic feel sometimes that you're like um that doesn't seem quite right but when you actually 
do the thing, it you can't fake that. Yeah. I like how, even though it does take place in 1991, how, like, the 90s-ness of it doesn't feel um, old hat or anything. It just feels like it takes place in that time period. Like, they have to travel back in time to 91 to prevent the Judgment Day in six years. Yeah, when I think as time goes on, we just identify more with the machines being sent back from our time period, and 91 is the flashback, because it's only 11 years from now that this whole post-apocalyptic machine world is supposed to be like up and running to the point that John Connor sends back all these machines. That's not that long. I, for one, welcome our robotic overlords. (laughs) And if you guys enjoy our review, man, give us a like, robots, and review us. Really helps the podcast out, assuming that you haven't destroyed us yet. Hasta la vista, headcanon. Headcanon is a part of the show where we share with you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Um, So, I only have like one piece of headcanon that kind of got introduced to me by the honest trailer guys because i love watching their videos and they mentioned this a while ago when they reviewed uh they did the honest trailer for terminator 2 um and they brought this kind of like throwaway joke but i'm like wait no what if i my headcanon is that sarah connor is a terminator oh that's interesting because, come on, like she, she's just so tough and so awesome that like, I feel like she has to be a Terminator. Like I know that they say, um, I know like timeline wise, like she does like pass like in the future, um, in twenty twenty nine, like she's not there, and um, you know. Batman is listening to tapes that she used to make on her cassette player. No, that's really interesting because she is incredibly intense, but that gets you into Blade Runner territory Mm. because she has dreams. So Mm. she's really more of like a replicant. Oh, oh my gosh, you're right. That's even better. Yeah, that thing. (laughs) Which, by the way, that dream sequence, uh, literal nightmare (laughs) fuel. I watched it right before... I fell asleep, and I I did not remember the dream sequence being that intense. And it looks so real. Like, the yeah. way that the kickback of the skeleton, like or, like, th- her, she has, like, a little body, and then the nuclear fallout happens, and then the kickback of, like, the skeleton still holding onto the fence is like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, so it's interesting good. that that burst of light that happens right before the nuclear fallout was actually just a crew member moving the light during her scene. And uh, that's why Christian Bale had to freak out. <laughs> oh, good for you. Yeah. So he really good puts it in you. context. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's really that's really good. I uh, I like that. Bridging that to that. Very good. Um, so my head cannon was super weak and you actually punched a giant hole in it by <laughs> offhandedly using it as a joke, but oh, no. <laughs> my, 
Mine was that uh, Alex Mack is a T-1000. Oh. She she basically became like activated whenever she... Again, it's been like 20 years since I've seen Alex Mack, but uh, that when she came in contact with that goo, she became the uh like the prototype and uh she was basically under wraps this whole time until she is discovered during the robotic wars uh and then they use her to create all of these duplicate versions of the t-1000 um because it's it's not mechanical it's very different than any kind of machinery to the point where you're like how did machines build this like liquid thing this it doesn't quite make sense um for like a, a one-to-one machine evolutionary type concept so for it to to truly be like a blend of human and uh that goo uh, that would make more sense to be like okay the machines saw that they saw the potential and they then learned how to replicate that without the human component because a lot of the rules are the same. Like, even the way he flattens out to become the floor and, and things like that, um, she just wasn't as, uh, like, shape-shifting, uh, being able to, like, replicate uh, basic objects and things like that. But they're very similar properties. Um, and then I just wrote Capri Sun, which, but you already made that joke, too. So, <laughs> so sorry. This is real-life headcanon that... We are living in that timeline, and the Capri Sun campaign was a way for us to be exposed to the chemicals because that was the only way to create more of these T-1000s. Oh, oh, oh no. We've, we've been willing participants all along in the robot war. <sighs> dun, 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 dun. Sponsored by Gushers. <laughs> Gushers has no part of the robotic uprising, <laughs> asterisk. We just Maybe. turn your head into fruit. <laughs> All right, now we're going to go into the part of the show where we like to recast and remake. Recast, remake. Re, 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 recast. <laughs> re, 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 remake. <laughs> if this movie were to be made today, who would you cast and what would the storyline be? Your Ostala remake, if you will. Ostala remake, baby. If this were to be remade today, um, I have to say, I cannot imagine anyone else to play the Terminator other than Terry Crews. Oh, that'd be good. Because I feel like he's the only other person who I know who's an actor who has like Arnold's build. I mean, uh, you know, him or The Rock. So Yeah, I had uh, Tom Hardy for him. Because the guy's good. a chameleon and he can grow and shrink to whatever size he needs to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, I think he would have that kind of intensity that uh, the role requires. And he's great at saying very little or saying a lot, but not knowing that it's him. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> Come with me if you want to live. No problemo. <laughs> but it also connects because for the T-1000, I would recast that as Ben Affleck. I think he has that emptiness in his eyes. That... <laughs> I actually think he would be a good T-1000 because uh, he does have kind of that clean-cut look, but then can also go very dark and very intense. And then we get a, a Batman vein 
face off again. Did I say Vane? Mm-hmm. Then we get a Batman Bane face off again, and that's what everybody wants. Yeah. Everybody. Everyone. They signed the petition. And Sarah Connor was easy casting because I the Amelia Clark casting in Genesis could not have been more perfect. And I'm not gonna mess with that. That yeah. she should just continue to be Sarah Connor. Yeah. And I think we we all know who John Connor is. Oh yeah. Tom Holland. Asa Bettingfield. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, I actually I would really love Tom Holland to uh because I mean We've seen him as Spider-Man, and he's also just a very great like action actor. Like we, I, I've watched a lot of behind the scenes because I love Spider-Man. Uh, he de- he did a lot of his own stunts, mm. uh, and so I think it would be fun to put him in that action role uh, and see what he could do. Yeah, I would be interested to see him play a character that's as rough around the edges as John Connor. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I I can't remember him actually doing a character like as a delinquent but i i agree the action side of it he would he would be perfect and then uh for the hand sinking into the lava at the end uh Mm -hmm. probably when bb8 gives the thumbs up with the fire (laughs) yep yep all right so now we're going to go into our final segment where we give you our reasons to recommend so grayson why would you recommend Terminator 2, colon, Judgment Day. I'd recommend this movie because it is a standalone sequel. Uh, It has its own self-contained setups and payoffs. It, uh, you get just enough information at the top to be able to know why the pieces in motion are in motion. And the ending is ambiguous enough to decide for yourself whether or not they were successful or go and watch the rest of the movies and find out they weren't. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely one of the more engaging uh, movies in the franchise as well, where uh, you have really the the crux of everything that happens after and the culmination of the one movie that happened before. Um, so it, it just sits at the middle of a, a very robust universe that has been developed in this story so uh it's so infused into pop culture as well it's been parodied so many times that if if you're curious as to what terminator's all about but don't want to watch all the movies you could just watch this and have a really good idea as what's going on uh don't be thrown off like i was with this watching when you see old john connor and it's not christian bale because i had totally forgotten that we had seen john connor grown up uh he's got all the scars on his face and stuff like that 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 was crazy so oh i would be remiss ricky side headcanon that uh all of their manipulation with the timeline actually changed john connor's genetic code and that's why he looks like christian bale (laughs) there you go it's not about recasting it's genetic code uh yeah but yeah, it is just a really solid movie that is built on the relationship between mother and son uh, with the highest of stakes being the end of the world. Through all that, it it's a sci-fi action that is very humanly rooted in those relationships um, and what it means to actually be a human, um, which is a, a 
partially why like the Terminator can't stick around indefinitely. He doesn't belong here. Um, and it really is a sense of just setting things right. And so at its heart, it, it's a story about what makes us human, why that's something worth protecting. Uh, and it, it's why it's a classic. Uh, I think that this movie is such a strong and innovative movie. Like I, it's one, it's it's for my understanding, it is like an original concept when they first came out with Terminator, and when they came up with Terminator Two, um, it wasn't based off of any other material. Just like it, it's like a quintessential sci-fi film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and as far as sequels go, like like you mentioned, like it, it changed the game for sequels. Um, and it's so good. And for a rated R movie, surprisingly very family focused. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, you can show this at a daycare and be just fine. <laughs> you can. Yeah. yeah. You cut out like a third of the movie and you can show it at a daycare. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's such a heartfelt family movie and just like, I mean, the whole ending where, um, Arnold's like, I can't self-terminate. And then he's like, I now know why humans cry. It's just like, oh no, this is like sad. Like the, the, the movie didn't go the route that I think a lot of action movies go where they focus on the action and sacrifice the story like this has story and action and nothing is given up for the other like the stakes are high people learn lessons there are great character arcs it's just like a solid movie mm-hmm. uh and it's a ton of fun and i i definitely i agree with grayson if you have not seen any of the terminator movies I would say you should start with T2 um, and then go forward or backwards in time and see how they did. All right. And that is our review of Terminator 2 colon Judgment Day. Let us know what you remember about uh, Terminator 2 on Twitter. We are at Flashback Flicks and it would help us a lot if you could leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. It helps people to know. Uh, that this is the podcast that is approved by uh, the future robotic uprising. You're appealing to the robot audience again. <laughs> On a scale of one to five robot thumbs up, how would you rate this movie? Uh, and if you're human, um, on a scale of one to five 90s catchphrases, uh, or if you want to write out a review, leave the review as if you were leaving it from the year 2029 yeah on behalf of president selena gomez (laughs) and we are going to be continuing sequel larry uh for the rest of the month of february so make sure that you tune in next time right here on the flashback flicks retro movie podcast until then remember to be kind and rewind 